let's move on to the actual meat and potatoes of the show. Gables, do you want to do what we've been playing first or the news? You know what? Honestly, let's do what we've been playing first. We haven't done that in a while. Okay. Do you want to go first or want me to go first? Um, you know what? I'm going to go first for this time around. Okay. So, since the last time I recorded, there have been a couple of games I have wrapped up in a bow. One of them has been a long-running game I've been playing for the past couple months. Fire Emblem Three Houses. I have finally finished the Blue Lion route. And my god, this playthrough was even longer than my first playthrough with the Black Eagle route. <laughs> to put into perspective of things, the first time I played the game, I chose the Black Eagle route. I spent roughly close to 70 hours playing that Black Eagle route. Jesus. Now, after everything was all said and done, finishing the Blue Lions route, a combination between both of those files... I had spent close to around 170 hours playing Fire Emblem Three Houses. <laughs> and to put even more into perspective, you take that 70 away, and pretty much I spent close to 100 hours playing the Blue Lions route. Unintentionally, mind you. I took it like one step at a time with this. Like It was a slow burn, this process. I basically tried out all the different characters. I... Loved a bunch of the character development inside the game. The character classes was fun. Even after I finished the main game, even after I finished the Blue Lions route and got, like, uh, the various parts of the story done, I still want more of this game. But, at the same time, I look at it from the perspective of, oh, hey, I've been playing this game for such a long time. And uh, I kind of need a break from this game for a while because, well, it's very rarely that I play through a game multiple times inside of one year, let alone back-to-back. So, at this point in time, I've finished Fire Emblem Three Houses, at least two routes, the Black Eagle route and the Blue Lions route. Maybe down the line I'll delve into the game again when there's, like, another, like, uh, desert or, like, just long stretch period where there's no major releases but I have thoroughly enjoyed my experience with the game there is just there's a lot of things I've already said about the game already but let's just say this this is definitely one of the best games of the year I don't say that lightly I played through a whole bunch of different games every year <laughs> even though they end up becoming like uh, replayable games that I do tend to go back to again and again the thing about it is, this game was concrete from beginning to end quality. The amount of content you go through, the characters you meet, the story was alright in terms of what you could do, but there's so many branching parts to what you can do. Quintessentially, you pick a route, you get to a certain extent, like a middle point of the game, and then all of a sudden you make choices, and then you go and you just play the rest of the game as see fit. Quintessentially, there's like four campaigns pretty much, all together. If you really want to get technical, you have the Black Eagle route, you have the Blue Lions, the Golden Deer, and also the Church of Saros. So it's like you have four different paths you could potentially go on to. And even after finishing the Blue Lions route, I don't feel like I got the, the rest of the actual story in and of itself. And I'm just thinking to myself, what, well, what the hell has... What, what, 
I'm missing something here. I feel like I'm missing something still. And that's the, one of the worst feelings in general when you're playing a game where it's like, it literally gives me a flashback when I first played through Symphony of the Night for the first time, and it's like, <laughs> I go through, run it for Blockbuster, beat the game, which I thought I beat the game, but I end up getting the worst <laughs> ending because I could not find the Holy Glasses. And I end up beating Richter Belmont and getting the worst ending. So it's that type of revelation where you go onto the internet and read what actually happened. And you're like, oh shit, there's another castle I have to investigate. <laughs> I'm like, no wonder why. And oh, that feeling. And by the way, yes, Castlevania Symphony Night is also one of my favorite games of all time. One of my top favorites. So, oh. With that said and done, you know, it's like the core emphasis of what I'm trying to say is there's still so much to do inside this game. But at the same time, I want to play something else. I need to get my mind off of Iron Man Three Houses because if I don't take a break or get away from this game now, I am going to be burnt out and sick of this game. I know that for a fact. So... That brings me to the next game that I tied a bow on, and that's Untitled Goose Game. Nice. <laughs> like I said before, these two, those two games were pretty much what I played over the past couple of months. And Untitled Goose Game, man, oh man, I finished the last portion of the game, and that final part, oh my gosh, that final part was so interesting, it was so funny. I don't know if you've actually beaten it either, Tyler. No, but... no, not yet. Let me get back to it, though. That last section, that last section had me in stitches. Quintessentially, here I am. I managed to inf- like infiltrate a restaurant. <laughs> I go forth. I steal somebody's hat. <laughs> I go forth, and it's like the dude is like playing his harmonica, right? I go th- and uh, I'm just like stalking him for a bit. He goes up. He picks up a dart. He tosses up the tar the dartboard. I honk. And all of a sudden, he breaks the dartboard. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I'm just going, honk, 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 <laughs> No, but here's the thing. One of my favorite parts for that section was you have to get the dude that's guarding the front all the way to the back end, right? So, what I basically had to do in order to try to do something is basically I took a tomato from the back end of this restaurant I put it in the center floor and I went all the way up to the front and I basically went up to the dude that was trying to chase me off the premises I'm like honk honk and he goes and he just follows me and I run I run to the back and stuff like that I go underneath the freaking thing and he loses sight of me and he sees his tomato right so he goes forth he picks up tomato and he goes forth and he he goes to the back room, and uh, as he's doing that, I'm climbing my way upwards, and I'm going to a higher vantage point. I can actually see the dude going through, putting the tomato back inside the crate. He's all crouched over, and uh, all of a sudden, a little notification pops. <laughs> it pops up while I'm getting close to the edge right here. It's like, oh, should I tip the bucket? And so, all of a sudden, I tip the bucket. The bucket goes on the guy's head. He goes, oh, oh. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I just go, honk. 
and he just goes, <laughs> and he just falls over, and he just, <laughs> and he just smashes tomato juice all over his pants. <laughs> oh, that sequence of love made me laugh so hard because, oh, it's like all throughout this game, it's like. I have enjoyed myself just totally just being an asshole. Just every sense of the word. Never have I played a game where I felt so much joy in just causing other people misery. (laughs) 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 And that's pretty much a title goose game in a nutshell. And it's just hilarious just to think about it. That it's terrible of me to actually say that, enjoying the misery of others, but at the same time, it's like it's sort of like there's like a specific type of viewpoint I could take with that in terms of life where it's like everybody, they have their own types of sob stories. They have their types of like misery or types of like downtrodden things that they've, they're going through and everything else. But the, some of the most important things you got to realize is sometimes you just got to tread your own way and find your own fun around stuff because at the end of the day, you have to go forward and actually enjoy your life, right? Mm. <laughs> and so when you're, when I'm playing the Untitled Goose game... That's kind of like some of the feeling I'm actually getting, you know, where it's like, even though I'm just antagonizing people as the goose and, like, just causing all sorts of havoc and stuff and, like, wrecking models, stealing bells, like, getting a little hat or something for accomplishing all goals, which, you know what, that's so fucking funny that you can do that. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, you know what, that's Untitled Goose Game. It's still one of the number one sellers on the eShop, and for good reason, too, because that game is fantastic. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah that's... I... Go ahead. Sorry. But, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing. <laughs> cool. I-, I need to get back into it. Um, it's kind of fallen on the wayside because I've been playing other stuff, but I know I'm fairly close to beating that game. I just need to sit down, hunker down yeah, and do, do it. Um, but uh, I-, I played a couple games and also beat a couple games this week. Um, I talked about the last couple of shows already, but Wolfenstein's Young Blood. I beat that game. Mm-hmm. It's funny; it's like kind of a new thing now. Is I, I talk about I'm on the last boss of uh, the game, yeah. Uh, and like five minutes after the show's over, I beat the game. Um, <laughs> it's your second, <laughs> this is like your second episode in a row, and you've done that. <laughs> yeah, I did Link's Awakening, and now Wolfenstein Young Blood. Uh, so I ended up beating that game. I, you know, it's I, like I said, I, I've talked about it enough already, but uh, kind of wrap it up. Um, I came, you know, came in with low expectations. I think if I would have played it closer to launch, or going in there expecting like more of a Wolfenstein, you know, a lesser than Wolfenstein, but still Wolfenstein. Yeah, uh, I, I think I would have came only a little, a little more disappointed. But uh, going in there knowing what what to expect with the RPG and leveling leveling stuff, and um, I don't know the character. I don't know. Just going in there with all that RPG mechanics and knowing all this, and it's more level based. Uh, you know, I think definitely helped with my expectations of it. Um, a little lower. I was like, I'm, I wonder if I'm gonna like this game, and I actually liked it quite a bit. Um, it's you know, it's a, it's a nice budget title. I think it's like twenty thirty bucks, like I said before. Um, it, it's fun. It's if you want more, if you if you want some something that's Doom esque or Wolfenstein esque, this is it for you. Uh, you know, killing Nazis is always fun, uh, and you know, the leveling up some of the the you know the skill trees you can unlock is is great. Um, I don't know, I had a lot of fun with the game. Uh, it was it was fun. Like it's kind of one of those mindless uh, shooter games, almost to like a Call of Duty esque. Um, like where the characters aren't as great to me uh, in this game as they are in like Wolfenstein, but uh, I still I still enjoyed them. The sisters are kind of annoying, but uh, 
I don't. It's it's just fun to play. Like the 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 characters, like the cutscenes and stuff like that, are very few and far between. Um, but uh, you know, just the the moment to moment gameplay is is really great. It's 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 kind of the opposite of the issue with Rage Two, where like playing Rage is, is a lot. Rage Two was was a lot of fun, but you rarely got to play Rage Two because you were dealing with like dropping from place to place, doing nothing uh, in, in those times, or dealing talking to characters because they wanted to be more like a Borderlands type type of game. And they just weren't that, but I, you know, I think the gameplay of Rage Two was better than a Borderlands type of game. Uh, but this, you know, like I said, it's the opposite, where it's like it's ninety percent gameplay, ten percent story and cutscenes and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it was fun. Like I, you can probably find it cheap nowadays, uh, even cheaper than what it already is. I think it's only like twenty, thirty bucks already. So uh, if you're looking for something like that, it's definitely I think a pickup at this point. But maybe go in there, read a little bit about it, just kind of know what you're expecting. Don't expect just more uh, Wolfenstein 2 on a smaller scale because it's not that. Um, the other game I beat, um, I finally finished. I played the th- episode 3 and 4 of Walking Dead's final season from Telltale. Yeah, so uh, it's funny. I was looking at my trophies and it, you know, it gives you the dates on it. I played episode 1 last August and I played wow. episode 2 back in uh, in May. And it's just, it's kind of been a rocky road, obviously, with, with Telltale. Like, um, they're back, kind of, sort of. But the, the name is back, but the you know, the company's not what it was. But um, you know, it's it's funny. Like, um, it's just I don't know. If it's funny, but it's just it's just crazy how this like how this whole thing has kind of come come and gone with uh with Walking Dead, where it's like, I, it came, episode one was okay. Episode two was I, I remember I didn't even play uh, episode two right away. And like, if not too long after it came out, like I think that the week after it came out, like the company closed, and I was like, well, I don't even know if like what's the point of me playing this, like playing it because they're not even gonna finish the season, um, and it wasn't very good episode anyways from the reviews and stuff that came out from it, and then you know bringing it back stuff like that, and uh, it's been on the back burner obviously trying to play through some other games, um, but like I said, I finally hunkered down, played it, um, and I'm like I literally beat it like two hours ago as of this recording time and i'm still in the process of like getting my thoughts together on it uh it i don't know it's like it's it's the end of clementine's story uh it's the last as far as we know walking dead telltale game um but it it was a little i was a little more emotional emotionally hit than i thought i would be by it um because i thought like you walking dead um season one is it's the thing that made Telltale, and it's also like they peaked there, and they've never like. I think for me personally, Tales of the Borderland uh, and Batman Season One got close to that, but like for the rest yeah. of the stuff they put out has been so-so or uh, you know better than average. Um, and we've seen so many other companies do stuff like this now with the Upstock titles that have done overall, maybe not to the level of. Walking Dead Season 1, but overall do a better job and be more consistent, whether it's releasing episodes in a timely fashion or uh, not so buggy or just the content itself is really good. Um, and I felt like, you know, Season 1 was obviously one of the greatest games to me of all time. Uh, season 2 was was pretty good. Season 3 was... We eh, talk about Season 3. Uh, and then <laughs> this one's been kind of, kind of wonky. Like So kind of the story is... Um, spoilers for the first three seasons, but it's been, I mean, the first, season three finished in like 2016, so if you have plenty of time to play it. Um, so obviously, season one, you play as Lee, and he's raising Clementine when she's like seven or eight, and then Lee dies in the season one. So then, um, season two, you play as Clementine now. I think it's been like a year, now she's like nine or ten. And then one of the characters, two of the characters in the, 
and your group have a kid together, and then but the parents die uh, around the time the kid's born, and his name is AJ. And then season three is like some, somewhere between two and three. Um, he uh, Clementine's like raising AJ, and she and some people take AJ away from her. And it's been a f- couple of years. It's been a few years now. She's like, I don't know, 12, 13, something like that. And it's about her trying to get AJ back. And then season four, and there's a, there's more to it than all this, but the, this is kind of like the crux of season four, um, the final season. And then season four is you you have AJ back, and now Clementine's a teenager. Like, you know, she's like 14, 15, 16 years old. Um, and now you know, she's taking the role of Lee, essentially, in this case, where, you know, Lee was trying to raise Clementine in this world of zombies. And that was when zombie when the zombie apocalypse first happened. Now it's been you know, I don't know how long eight ten years of zombies now, and um, now Clementine is forced to have the same situation with AJ, who's now probably five or six years old. Um, cause I don't think they ever see actual ages, but that's I'm sure if I looked it up I could find it, but I just haven't. Uh, and she's trying to like teach him, and also trying to survive, but also trying to figure out you know teach him like what's wrong and right about this crazy world where who, who everything's gray. And like I said, she kind of takes the role of Lee and it feels like they're trying to like, uh, bring back the things that made season one great, uh, with, with, with some, more, some of the characters they have in the group. Um, and obviously with the Lee Clementine, uh, dynamic now being AJ and, uh, Clementine, it just, but it doesn't hit. Um, I feel like because this, in this one, like you there's a, you find a school for like troubled kids and there's a bunch of kids that are at the school, and uh, you're you're trying. You basically in the end become the, like after like fairly early on, you become the leader of this as, as a group, uh, kind of not even on purpose, but accidentally become the leader of this. Like they all look to you for survival, and uh, I, like the characters don't hit like they do. And I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if like season one was just because it came out of nowhere. Like Walking Dead was at its peak at that point, I think. Uh, where it was, you know, the, the TV show was just hit, the comics were huge, and then the TV show just hit, so it came next levels, but probably the most popular thing in, in television and all of entertainment at that point in time uh, was Walking Dead. And then you had this awesome game come out with it, too, that was completely different than, I think, like myself and a lot of people had never seen before with this episodic adventure style. And uh, sometimes I wonder if, like, where our, our, you know, our expectations are too high or we look episode or season one a little too highly but i played through it a couple years ago again and i thought it was still fantastic uh so some you know so i'm kind of in that weird stage where like is it am i looking at it with like you know that uh rose color glasses or is it you know is it really as good as i remember it being and uh i don't know like i said they tried to encompass i think what season one was uh with some of the characters and what they try to do and i just feel like the characters don't hit they're not great um i they're i don't know a couple of them are okay but they don't really stand out. Um, AJ is kind of like, and I, it's on purpose, I think. But it's just he—he's uh, like the Anakin Skywalker of like, in a ways where like, of the of the Star Wars prequels where he's just a annoying little asshole uh, to uh-huh. me. And that the, the, it's kind of the point of it where it's like, because he doesn't—he you know, was a kid. He like he when he was born, the zombie apocalypse has been going on for years, and he's like trying to figure out like. Because uh, at the end of episode one, spoiler alert for an episode that came out over a year ago, uh, he he kills somebody, um, and it wasn't like he. It's kind of like it wasn't like a life or death situation that we know of. Like we don't really know what could have happened in the outcome. 
And it's just like him dealing with that. Like, was this right? Was this wrong? And did I, should I have killed this person? Should I have not killed this person? You know, things like he's trying to deal with that. And deal with like, you know, in Clementine's, like watching Clementine's actions about how she deals with situations like killing people, not killing people, sparing lives, uh, you know, just whatever she does in general. And I, I think that idea is really great, but I think AJ as a character is fucking annoying. And I don't like him at all. Uh, and, uh, but you know, like the one redeeming quality of this whole season was and is Clementine to me. She's like, she's the main character, so it makes sense. And that's the most important character to it is Clementine. Um, but I don't. Know, like I said, I'm still trying to process my thoughts on it. Um, I, I, I'm happy I played through it. Like it definitely hit me emotionally more than I thought it would, especially at the end, uh, the last little bit of it. Um, but I don't know. It's definitely like. Part of me, like, I, you really could just play season one, I I, th- I feel, and then, like, just pretend the story's over there, and you might be better off, because it only gets, goes down from there. But, uh, I, I don't know, like, I, cause season two was okay. Like, season two was better when I played through it the second time than I remember it being, but it still wasn't great. Um, but I felt like, even with, like, with seasons two and three, they weren't great, but they started and ended, like, the first and last episodes were really, really good. But, like, the middle was terrible. And this one, I felt like, it never really got great at any point in time. It just became kind of mediocre across the board. Uh, never really bad, but just never really great. Just kind of in the middle. Um, so, I don't know. I, I feel like if you're someone that's already played the first three seasons or you like this, like definitely check it out. It's only four episodes. Um, you can probably beat it seven, eight hours. But, uh, I don't know. Like it's it's tough because I love... It's, you know, Lee and Club of Tyrant, two of my favorite characters in video game history, especially Lee. Um, and it's cool to see him. He comes back some flashbacks, uh, but I don't know. Like, it's it's frustrating because if it, this is the end of Telltale, this is really the end of Telltale as we know it because they brought that team back, the still not bitten team, to finish the season. Uh, and it's just I was hoping like I wanted like this is like that like um, you know the Cinderella story of like here's this like this you know, this fledgling company they bring them back and like they're gonna fucking kill it and they just kind of came out and it's just like it's just more of the same you know it just sucks uh especially because you've seen how good they can be still outside of walking down with like batman and with tales of the borderland and they just it just doesn't hold a candle to any of those games uh so yeah um i beat that uh like i said i got extra life plans i'm gonna jump into next but uh yeah that's what i've been playing this week uh, but Gables, we're going to jump into our uh, our news for the week. Uh, right. So first up, we'll get through some of the fashion stuff first because uh, I don't I don't think any of us have too much to say on it. But uh, Last of Us Two has now been delayed from February twenty first of next year to May 29th of next year. Uh, kind of crazy to think that just over a month ago they they gave out the release date and they've already pushed it back about what was that three months a little more. Uh, I don't I don't like I'm this is my most anticipated game. Uh, of the year by far. Uh, I know it's early, you know, we haven't got to 2020 yet. We don't know what's coming. We got the new consoles coming, but uh, yeah, it's it's weird with delays because um, it's like, it sucks. You're really upset about it. You're disappointed in it. Uh, like Doom just got delayed a couple weeks ago, but uh, it's like, you understand. It's like, you're, you'd rather have that fantastic game. You're In five years, you're going to look back fondly, more fondly at this game. You're going to forget the, all the delays they had for it. And they, they talked about it with like Last of Us One that got delayed the last like a month before uh, this was come out. It got delayed like six weeks, 
And that six weeks, they said, was a huge difference in making that game from good to, to an all-time great game. But uh, I don't know. What's your assignment for the level for this game? And you know, I don't know. How, how are you feeling about it? It makes sense that they want to push back the date. Honestly, when was it originally supposed to release? February? Yeah, February 21st. February 21st. Isn't that month kind of a little bit heavy upon releases as well in that regard? Yeah, February March is just absolutely insane. With You got Doom, Final Fantasy yeah. VII... Uh, there was, you know, Last of Us. Uh, well, I forget a couple other things. Uh, there's a couple of games we're gonna we're gonna talk about, but we had Gods and Monsters and Watch Dogs coming out at that point in time. Um, yeah, so it's the March is, is still crazy, but it's not as crazy as it was. So yeah, it's definitely was a good step in the right direction because it gives the game its own identity with its own individual release date that is far and away from the busy fall February March schedule like Tyler was just touching upon. And at the same time, delaying a game, there are rarely times when delaying a game has been absolute garbage. This is not going to be garbage in the least, in my honest opinion. This is definitely for yeah. quality control. Kind of similar to what Doom Eternal, even though that kind of pissed me off that the game got delayed, but at the same point, Bethesda in and of itself is not at its best this year. No, they... That's, they that probably, is... For- <laughs> yeah, that that's probably for the best for Bethesda. Like this is like their one saving grace right now is Doom Eternal. So the being delayed is probably yeah. a good thing. Yeah, but the point being in this regard and stuff is uh delay, yeah, it's good for it it's good for the last of us two in the long run. Yeah, definitely. And like it's it's not the first time, like and maybe not the best example, but like days gone, like I think at the end of last year, beginning of this year. Like, it's just, come on, like, I want to say February. It's that crazy day in, like, February, like, 25th or something like that, where there was, like, four AAA, like, Crackdown 3, uh, I want to say Days Gone, uh, Anthem, maybe, and one of the games were all supposed scheduled to come out on the same day, and, like, Anthem came out, like, got pushed back, like, two weeks. Maybe it was Division, I don't remember. One game got pushed back until, like, mid-March, and then uh, Days Gone got pushed back until, like, mid mid or late April, and God of War, same thing, like, a few months before it was supposed to come out, it was supposed to come out initially in the fall time. It got pushed out into the following spring. Like it, it with PlayStation, as you can tell, they've got, they got a good track history. Like they're not afraid to delay their games, and it's probably for the good thing. And I guess with this also, they said that go, this was Ghost of Tsushima's original release window, so now that game's being pushed back. So I'm, I'm kind of worried. I'm, I'm worried that game's gonna get lost now uh, because you're looking at like you were getting to like more into the busy season of video games or the holidays. And on top of that, we have new consoles coming out, and that game's going to be a PS4 game. And this will be backwards because they've already said there's going to be backwards compatibility, but like that game is going to be like people are going to buy a PS5 and they're going to want to play PS5 games, not PS4 games. So um, I'm curious how it's going to affect that team. Uh, they're probably happy they got some more time, but also scared that like that game, depending on when it comes out, because you can't release that game in June. When it was Last of Us, the biggest, maybe one of the biggest games, uh, you know, that PlayStation has. Uh, that game is going to come out to the end of the summer, probably like August, and that game could easily get buried in the hype for PlayStation Five, unless uh, they want to go forth and save it as a PS Five release. Yeah, that, that's I think that would be the smartest move is make that like unless they got some crazy shit planned for the the launch uh, for launch of PS Five or the launch window. It, maybe the, the best idea is just upres it to a PS Five game. I don't know, but uh, honestly, but the, the more I think about it. The more I see of the actual initial trailers of the Ghost of Tsushima, the more likely I kind of feel like that it's potentially going to be a launch title for PS5. 
Yeah. I, you know, I don't think that'd be the worst idea. I'd give them an extra few months and make that a, a PS5 launch game. I think it might be best for it. Um, but also, like speaking of delays, I already kind of t- touched on it, but uh, Ubisoft came out, and this kind of came back to like, the Ghost Recon Black, I think it was called. Uh, Breakout, Breakout, sorry. That came out, and it just kind of came and went. came out just earlier this month, and nobody's talking about it. Uh, there's a lot of issues with the game. It's not working. For a good great. reason, too. Nobody's talking about it because the game is fundamentally broken, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So it came out, all those issues, uh, and they even came out and said it was the, the launch was a disaster. And at that same time, they announced the delays of God of Gods and Monsters, uh, which is like that Breath of the Wild, Assassin's Creed, Odyssey type of game that I was, you know, I really look forward to just based off the sound of it. Uh, was supposed to come out February 25th. Now it's being pushed. Everything, all these three of these games are being pushed between April 2020 and March 2021. So I, I don't yeah, think they're they, coming out. Ubisoft was heavily banking upon Ghost Recon Breakpoint to be their live service sort of game that's going to tide them over all the way to the end of their fiscal year. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, well, actually near the end of the first quarter of the, their fiscal year. But, yeah, uh, yeah it didn't, it didn't uh, turn out that way because quality of the game, kind of <laughs> the same as what it was for, like, uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands, only take out a lot of the exploration and sort of the ports, and instead insert, like, a lot of the bland, the blandness of those, like, missions and stuff. But the thing that... Uh, Breakpoint suffers the most from what initially that I've been seeing gameplay footage of and from the reviews that I've read that I've seen personally is there's just a lot of failure to launch sort of things where there's been times where connection to the to the servers online has been issues. I mean, we're talking about like even like on a single player aspect where if you're playing the game, there's connection issues. <laughs> and that's pretty much what's heavily led a lot of people to not only just review bomb the game, but also for the friend of fact that uh, the game in and of itself is pretty bland. That's just the big emphasis that I'm getting away from it, you know. Without having played it personally, I can't really verify, but all I can... The truth being uh, the matter is, a lot of people don't like how Breaking Point has uh, quintessentially is. And a lot of people kind of view it as a disappointment in comparison, say, Wildlands. I can understand that, but yeah, Ubisoft was banking very heavily of that thing being a seller. And with the failure of that, along with the Division 2, they have lost. They actually had, and I'm not kidding you, over the last uh, day, while I was reading some reports, they had to reduce their financial forecast by 90%. Other fiscal, other fiscal thing, yeah, because they lost so much in terms of oncoming profits from their game being banked as a live service thing that was going to go through and do stuff, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's too bad because from everything I heard, Division Two is actually a pretty good game. Yes, uh, it's just, I think the the kind it was of just, like, I, it's go a good. Apparently, you know, Division Two was supposed to be like a good game, but commercially, it was just kind of a flop. You know, not a lot of yeah. Well, it sold well. It's just it's yeah. It's I think it's like the sixth selling best selling game of the year. So right, uh, for, which I think most games would be happy with, but that game was probably they figuring they'd be one of the two or three best selling games of the year. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's definitely kind of like Ubisoft's been killing it for years. Like they've, they've actually put out some really good life service games and also some really good, you know, some you know double A type of games. Uh, I think personally, they've been one of my favorite developers for a little while, and this year they've been a little lack, lack, lackluster. Uh, with Division Two, like I, I was really hyper Division, everybody knows that. Like, it's my game of the show, two years in a row at E3. And I tried playing it. Even went back about a year or so ago and tried playing it through it. And I just, like, it just didn't stick. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, so it's kind of, you know, I even played Ghost uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands after listening to Gable's Platinum that game. I'm like, ah, oh, I should probably try this game out. And it just, you know, didn't stick. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of disappointing to hear that, to hear that going on. Because you don't want to hear, like, Bethesda's, going, like, went from being there, like, the top of the, of the third-party studios to now, like, they've had a lot of issues. We'll, we'll get into that here in a minute. But uh, now you see Ubisoft trying to take, take a step back until like both like everybody's creeping closer and closer to EA, which we don't want. Um, <laughs> That's really true. Same, same with Blizzard, even still with all this yeah. going on with them. But um, <laughs> you know, on top of that, Gods of Monsters was supposed to be a February twenty fifth release. Uh, now it's being pushed back to sometime after April. Uh, hopefully, not too long after that, because I'm not really want to play that game. Um, Rainbow Six Quarantine, which didn't have a release date, but it's supposed to come out um, early next year. Has been pushed off, and then Watch Dogs Legions, which uh, I don't know. I feel like the game, like no one's talking about that game. Even I know we got it's it's holiday season and everything like that, but like everybody was talking about the E3, and I've heard nothing about that. No one talked about the game since then. Uh, but it was supposed to come out March sixth, and now it's being pushed off uh, until somewhere in the springtime of next year. So we we talk about just a lot there, but it seems like. They they're smartening it up a little bit, or like EA, like the, the they're no matter what that game that game has to come out before April, like you know if there's a game coming out in March by EA, especially an online game, it's gonna be garbage, it's gonna be broken, there's gonna be a bunch of issues, i.e. SimCity, i.e. fucking Anthem, i.e. fucking Mass Effect Andromeda. Every year or two, uh, they have a game that comes out in March, a Dragon Age Two that comes out in March, and it's fundamentally broken or it's not good, or there's so many issues with that game that should not be released. Because uh, they want to get out for the end of the fiscal year, and it's cool to see that Ubisoft—they're willing to take those hits, and like same with PlayStation, they're willing to take. Like they, I'm sure that all of these games they wanted out before the fiscal year, and it's just they realize it's for the best that they can't do it, so they push it off. And hopefully, you know, they're, they're being smart. They don't want to be EA, EA, and be looked at like that. So, hope in the end for those games it works out. Uh, you know, like I don't, we don't really know much about Rainbow Six Quarantine. It's not my game. Rainbow uh, Watch Dogs Legion. I was, I, I have no interest in that game after loving Watch Dogs two and really like one. Uh, but you know, God's Monster, like I've already said, really look forward to that game. But uh, you know, I, I'm I'm glad to see they're willing to you know take the hit on that for their, you know their their financial financial future, especially everything going on with them when they're nearly taken over just a year or two ago. Uh, but anything you want to talk about that before we move on, Gables? Nope. All right, Coolio. Well, moving on to our last topic, and it's a bit of a doozy. Uh, Fallout first, Gables. Uh, one of the dumbest things to happen in gaming uh, in a long time. Maybe it says ET. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so Fallout first is the thing that's coming out for uh, Fallout seventy six. It's a monthly subscription. Uh, you could pay thirteen dollars a month or hundred dollars a year if you like to. Uh, that comes the things that come with this service is you get uh, access to private worlds, so you can have your friends. I think up to seven friends. Yep, up to seven friends. Uh, join you in your private world to do whatever you want to do. Uh, there's an unlimited scrap box storage thing that you can do where you can take all your crafting components and you can stick them in the scrap box uh, so you don't have to worry about that. There's a survival tent which allows you to fast tra- travel from certain points. 
uh, atoms, which is kind of their like fee to pay stuff where you can spend real money to get this. You get 1650 every month. Not sure if that's a lot or not. I think it's like 10 bucks worth. Uh, you get some, you get some uh, armor uh, and some emotes and icons, stuff like that uh, every month. Uh, but the issue is with this, uh, Fall 76 is not a very good game. It's still fundamentally broken. Uh, they literally just last week delayed uh, a bunch of content for it. Uh, and a lot of people were, were like pissed off about that. Like stuff really looking forward to. Already delayed that. And then on top of that, the two biggest things that people like that people want out of this service, the private worlds and the scrap box, don't work. People aren't able to get into your, your even if it's supposed to be a private world, people are still able to get into your game uh, and play where you want to, or get into your game before you get into the game and do shit to your world. And the scrap box, people put their stuff in the scrap box and just disappears. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, the definition of insanity. Yeah. It, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting an entirely different result, but end up accomplishing the exact same thing. That's Fallout 76 in a nutshell. We know it's a terrible game. Bethesda knows that this game needs heavy heavy improvements upon its subsequential stuff. Mm. And what do they do in the span of the last couple of weeks? Delay the content that they were going to initially bring out. Introduce a subscription model for <laughs> with an option of $100 a year? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm still laughing about that. That is just insane. Can I ask- point out also, this is not a free game. It's still like... 40 bucks everywhere you look it's one of those games where you pay to start you freaking you could actually go to your walmart or go to your retailer right now and they'll just have a slew of fallout 76 for consoles that's like down to at least 40 bucks at least and even so you have to pay a subscription for this game if you want to play any longer i mean for god's sakes you pretty much can go forth and play I'm like what you can go forth and pay like around what was it twenty dollars a month or something like that or like a hundred dollars a year <laughs> uh, yeah thirteen bucks a month for okay thirteen a bucks a month and a hundred dollars a year but the point being gamers know about the quality of fallout seventy six Bethesda knows about the quality of fallout seventy six there's hardly been anything done to this game for ever since it's released. Despite that, they still want to add on features. I mean, okay, admirable. You want to add on features and add on content to a game that you honestly and quite truthfully, I don't feel is going to be lasting more than another year. I mean, that's, I could be wrong, but I kind of feel like that Fallout 76 is not going to be lasting for a lot longer than what people think it was going to be. But, uh... You give players these options for your subscription. You have, like, dedicated servers, you know, private servers or something they could use for their own. And you have unlimited, like, uh, a place for all your limited scrap. But you fail on that level to the point where you're actually pissing off your fan base even more when a lot of their product that they're putting into your scrap is disappearing. 
the freaking thing is eating up all the scrap that you were going to make for any type of solitary enjoyment. <laughs> that is laughable. This is, quite honestly, this is pretty much on par with 2K Games so royally messing up WWE 2K20 to the extent where all the glitches and all the stuff in that game kind of makes Fallout 76 look like freaking like a wonderland in that regards. But still... But still... This game, Fallout 76, when I read this news, it initially popped into my head the question that I... that I... Uh, was asking on Twitter, and some bit on uh, Talking Chips' little Facebook page, too. And it was, like, initially, like, a question that was just kind of, like, maybe danced around a little bit. There was definitely some good vital points. But the question is, it's like, are we, are we at the point, as gamers, where if a game releases and it works competently and stuff like that, would it be still... Cons it's like... Like, if it's not fundamentally broken or something, is that considered what we would consider now a good game? I mean, seriously. I mean, let's let's lay some facts on the table here. You have games like Fallout 76, Anthem, WB2K20, and any other list of AAA games, major AAA games that have released with all sorts of bugs, all sorts of things that have pretty much... Sol like kind of sullied the game in and of itself, you know, where major patches are needed, major improvements. But then you have other games that release that have had hardly any type of like issues with them, and people go through and like, like uh, play them, not have any type of bugs or any type of issues and stuff. And you know, that's just something I've just been pondering about recently. And it kind of just sparked it because of the whole news with Fallout 76. <laughs> so it may just be me just thinking aloud or just drifting off topic, but... Uh, I just... I just can't fathom, like, how a developer like Bethesda can just go forth and just... Have a game in the condition that it's in, where people are paying for, and they're not even getting even a fraction of what they're supposed to be getting. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on this. Where it's just it doesn't make sense. Where it's like I, the goal of them to ask for this after they just delayed a bunch of content that people are looking forward to, and then a game that has come out and just been dragged through the mud for over a year now with all of its issues. And it's like we all know Fallout games, Skyrim games, or whatever they're called, Elder Scroll games. Sorry, uh, they're always broken. But it's like this is next level. It's like it's online, and it's it's even worse. Than, it's the worst Fallout game released under their under Bethesda's uh, license, and they come out after all this, and now to charge for this something that some people like a lot of games already have for free. Uh, it's just it's so stupid. It's like wh what happened to this company in the last eighteen months? What 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 where did they go wrong? What is they trying to do? Like, I don't, as far as I know, the same people, uh, maybe I forgot something, but I've, same people run this company that ran it two years ago. Like, what has changed with, with their mindset? Where it's just, we talk about, like, all, all the shit they've released that has uh, mediocre, Rage 2, mediocre, Wolfenstein, mediocre, uh, Fallout 76, completely broken. 
um, and now they have now Fallout first. It's it's you know the Fallout seventy six name is very apt for that game because it's just one one number for every fuck up this game's had with it. Um, <laughs> and point, yeah, yeah uh, it, it just blows my mind that they you know like you talk about like you made a good point but like are are we are we just happy games come, to come out and they're not broken and it was just, we just talk about all these games getting delayed and it's like. I, I think there's some truth to that, yeah, but I don't know. I, I just I think it's something that we're used to now with these online games where it's just like, yeah, there's going to be issues with it. And I think like Division 2 was like the first big one to come out and not have issues with it. And we're like, Yeah, that's very um, true. And people were actually like, it, there was issues, but it wasn't like completely broken or like the servers were down completely for days and no one right. get on. It's like, I don't know. It's just, it blows my mind how many years are we doing this games as a service thing, live service games. And we still can't get it right, um, uh, and th- those are the biggest issues. And unfortunately, they're some of the biggest titles that come in every year are those type of games. Um, but they just want to do the Fortnite model, and it's just not working. But um, it's just, I, I'm still. It's been over a week now, and I'm still stunned by this news. And I'm just like, what happened? It's like Beth- Bethesda was the king of the third parties out there. Like they, no one could touch them. And now it's just like they're up there with like Sony and Nintendo as far as like everything was great. All the games are great. There was never any issues like customer service. All their like everybody loved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, true. And it's just like true. Now it's just like you like, like I was just talking about like Ubisoft's taking a dip, and now Bethesda's fucking take a huge dip uh, this year uh, for you know now they're not much better than EA. I think to a lot of people, and just with this one game with Fallout seventy six and it's. Fortunately, it's as big as franchise that they have, but it, it, it's it's incredibly stupid that they thought and that honestly, this would be okay. And on a further and a further point as well, you mentioned yeah with Ubisoft with their failings and stuff that they've done this year, you know, with games like uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint and then like Bethesda with like their continuing support of Fallout seventy six, even though we know this thing's a dumpster fire, just a raging dumpster fire. A lot of those changes and a lot of those things has to do with just the modern landscape of the triple, like the major AAA video game. To the extent where, yeah, there are people that are adapting like the Fortnite model in some regards, but it's just the fact that this whole live service garbage is so is just so like corporately, like in a corporate sense, you know. It makes sense maybe to the companies. They want to have a game to where they want it to last for such a long time and have people pay for what certain things that you may take for granted, like different costumes, different like DLC levels and this and that and stuff. But in reality, there are games that just don't fit this whole life service model at all. I mean, major single-player games that you would have maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago... You would have been having like a straight package or something like that, and then were able to play it without having things like randomly taken out or even randomly connect online or something in order to play them. And especially for like the multiplayer landscape, you know, where it's like you have like major companies, you know, like 2K, like EA, Activision Blizzard, Bethesda, Ubisoft, all these major companies have royally fucked up in terms of either one way or another of a game's live service releases, you know, or even their, like, consistency, because at the end of the, at the, uh, 
because the moral of the story, they all want to try to get not just a lot of the money, not just like most of it. They want to try to get as much product, like much profit as they can from a project, and in a and in a way, it is sacrificing the quality of a lot of the games that they that they are releasing, which shoehorning these things into effect, that has caused a lot of this, like, sinking sort of feeling, or the sinking of quality in terms of games in, like, a major sense. So, in an aspect, you want to understand why Bethesda is all of a sudden has this sort of, like, dip, or Ubisoft has this sort of dip? Just blame Activision, like Activision Blizzard, EA, and all the other major AAA companies that just want to emulate live service models so they can get any type of money that they can from the consumer by charging anything possible. You know. <laughs> yeah, I. It's just it seems it's just stupid and it's arrogant what they're doing. It is. Yeah. And it's sad, uh, and it's just I feel like not only are they hurt the Bethesda brand, they've hurt, they've hurt. More importantly, maybe too, because I'm sure a lot of people out there that play Fallout, love Fallout, don't even know who Bethesda is. Um, they've damaged the Fallout, the Fallout brand. Um, they have. Which, like, so it's, it's by far up there with Elder Scrolls, their most important, you know, IP they have, and it, it it's just something that they can't. When they come back with their next game, whether it's Fallout or Elder Scrolls or whatever. Like they're gonna have, they they need to. This it can't come out in the state that they've been coming in. It's like it's always like ah they're broken and the buggy, but it's charming. It's like it's no longer charming. It's no longer cute. It's like we've seen great games do this. Like with and especially when a week when Outer Worlds comes out and um, blows people away. It's getting positive reviews. Everybody loves it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like on top of that, it's like you chose to release this thing this week. It's like did like. You picked probably the worst week you can really to announce this thing, you know the week you're gonna the, the, somebody comes out and releases a better version of your game. Yep, that's not broken much. and buggy. It's like you, you guys, could, like you found every which way you could to fuck this up. You did nothing right in this whole scenario, um, and everything they're getting they deserve, and it, it's too bad because um, it's something that could easily have been avoided. And it's just greed. It feels like an arrogance took over, and this is what we get. Um, but Gables, I think that's going to wrap up our show for the week. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to hear more from us, we have a Facebook page and group, uh, Drunk Nerds Podcast. Uh, like and join us on there. On Twitter at uh, Drunk Nerds Pod, follow us on there. On YouTube, Drunk Dash Nerds. Subscribe, please. Give us a big thumbs up. Leave us a comment on our show. On iTunes, Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Subscribe, please. Give us a five star review. Leave us a comment. And then twitch.tv slash Colonel Gables. Follow him on there. I'm sure he's going to do some streaming during this weekend on Extra Life. And oh, yeah. um, uh, also on Spotify. Um, check us out on there, Drunk Testers Podcast. Uh, follow us on there. And if there's a way to leave a review, do that too. Um, once again, I was your host. I was Tyler. And I've been Colonel Gable. So until next time, everyone, have yourself a fun week. And most importantly of all, thank you for listening to another fun-filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Hey, Gables. Yep. Too sweet. Too sweet, man. Bye, guys. See ya.